This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Lumen. It seems as though whenever the world starts to get a little too intense, too crazy, the government throws people a bone and reconfirms that UFOs are definitely 100% real and that they are actively investigating them and they release more proof in the form of verified military sightings as well as completely unexplained video clips. And this past Tuesday was no different as Congress held what was apparently the first public hearing on the subject of UFOs in more than 50 years. And for the sake of clarity moving forward when we mention it, UFOs, or Unidentified Flying Objects, are now officially referred to as UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. It's the same thing, and they even said as much during the public hearing. Like, it's the same thing. Stands for Unidentified Ass Pussy. <laughs> yes. UAP. Yes. Uh, so, um... Yeah. That's how it's referenced going forward. They, so yeah, it's actually kind of incredible just how much has changed in the UFO or UAP landscape in just the last couple of years. We've mentioned it before, but a lot of the responsibility for uh, you know the logged visual evidence research and rekindling of everyone's fascination with these flying objects uh, falls on the uh, unlikely shoulders of one former Blink-182 guitarist, Tom DeLonge, and his To The Stars Academy. The most recent confirmation of UFO activity stems directly from videos released of unexplained objects that were taken directly from cockpit instrumentation displays of Navy fighter jets. Uh, DeLong allegedly did a, a bit of an oopsie by releasing them. Oh, did I do that? Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Oh, well, they're out there now. But within three years of their public release, the Pentagon confirmed that the videos were legitimate and that there was no verified explanation for what was seen by the pilots. Yeah, this was... In 2017, the New York Times basically released this confirming it without the government confirming it. And it was like right over Christmas time, a perfect thing for the Christmas dinner table to be like, hey, by the way, you see the UFOs are real, but no one really took to it. Like, now nah, we have more important things to talk about. Not now. Uh, but oddly enough, while Tom DeLonge was trying to get to the bottom of everything, there was an actual government program which existed called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, formed by former Senator Harry Reid, that researched these sightings starting way back in 2007, before the uh, task force was dismantled about five years later for I, budget I, reasons. I love this for him, the late Harry Reid, mm -hmm. uh, arguably the most powerful Democrat in the country, uh, definitely the most powerful Democrat in Nevada and possibly the whole Western United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had, you know, one for me, one for you. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of all that, you know, Democratic Party stuff you need, but I get to set up my little UFO task force because yes. it's sort of my thing. Yeah, it was dismantled like five years later, but um, the, the program's findings, ironically enough, were eventually brought back to light after former President Donald Trump included a provision in the $2.3 trillion COVID relief bill that stated that the then Secretary of Defense and Director of National Intelligence would have to submit an unclassified report on what the government knows about UFOs, which is, it's cool, but it's also just really funny that it was attached to a trillion-dollar COVID relief package. Yeah, while I've got you here, there's just one more thing. Uh, that report was made public last year, and alongside confirming, once again, that the footage people had seen on the front page of the New York Times and elsewhere was real, and while there was no evidence that these unidentified flying objects were extraterrestrial in origin, the possibility of that could not be ruled out. Not saying aliens, but... They get, they get, you get caught up in the uh, very specific wording where it's like, well, is it, is it alien? We can't confirm that it's not. Yeah. But we can't confirm that it is because we can't confirm anything. We know it's something. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. So meanwhile, the world is so just completely broken that everyone seemed to just completely shrug their shoulders and 
uh, you know, they heard this news, uh, you know, oh, look, there's a limitless amount of sightings involving flying phenomena that can't be explained. Uh, okay. Uh, you yeah, know, there's, there's every time this happens, you there's got far more, more important things to talk about. And also it's just like, okay, but like, what do I do with this? Like you're, you're telling me you don't know any more about it than I do. Yeah. Until uh, there's an alien that comes down and has a conversation, then it's yeah. going to be hard for anyone to really focus on yeah, this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Officially a lot of weird shit happens in the sky. Mm-hmm. There you go. Are you yeah. happy? No. Wait, no, I'm now I'm even more curious than before. Yeah. But yeah, it's almost like people like the myth more than the confirmation because then now the scenarios are limitless. Exactly. Uh, just look at the raid on Area 51 thing. Remember that? It, it literally created COVID. COVID was created at Area 51. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in on the lab leak theory, but my lab leak theory starts in Area 51. Everyone was getting a little too close. There was only two porta potties for all these people. Everybody's coming up to Area 51 now. They're memeing, but they're getting too close. Release the virus. Make everyone stay at home again. And then they went and partied in Vegas, and that's where it spread. Yeah. Go put a little obelisk out in the middle of the desert. You can send people out that way. Yes. But the mystery along alongside its, its sort of place in mainstream pop culture is what makes it fascinating. Uh, even though everyone online knows that there weren't actual aliens there probably, and they weren't actually going to storm the gates and rescue them. It was a fun thing to think about. Uh-huh. And, you know... It brought people together. It, it really did. Yes. It united the internet in a way that was wholesome. It instead. brought people together too much, and that's why they hit the virus button. But still, it was, uh, in general, a pretty wholesome collective effort for the internet during a time where uh, that was not happening at all. Yeah. Um, but this week... Congress held an actual public hearing about UFOs. And as we said before, it was the first public hearing of its kind in half a century. So what was revealed in this big congressional meeting? Well, temper your expectations once again. But we did get some newly unclassified videos, some loose descriptions of the unexplained, and what appears to be a renewal of interest from government officials to commit to further research into these sightings out of a concern for national security. Because uh, it keeps happening to military aircraft specifically. Yeah. So they're uh, they're a little worried about it. I mean, they do go pretty high up there. Exactly. Um, but then also, like, who else is actively looking for it other than pilots who are in fighter jets doing things and going, hey, that's weird. Yeah. Huh, what was that? Yeah. So the new videos are probably what you're most interested in. One of them, which was recorded in 2019, appears to be uh, some triangles floating alongside lights flashing. And the explanation for this one seems to be that it's just the way that light is passing through night vision and into the camera's lens. Like, you're going to have some things that go yeah. out of focus and be become shapes. Optics are pretty weird sometimes. And the other one seems to have more members of this committee stumped. It's filmed from an aircraft in broad daylight, and it appears to show a small, spherical, metallic-looking orb passing the aircraft. Is this some sort of tiny spacecraft flown by a harmless alien tourist? Or is it a child's balloon that they carelessly let go of? It could be either of those. I'm not sure. So still, regardless of either explanation or anything in between, it is still, by definition, an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Do you think Tom Cruise learned to fly the jet for Top Gun 2 so he could uh, get a peek at like the Xenu people? Yes. I just need... Wait, is that a DC-8 flying through the sky? <laughs> a modified DC-8? Piloted by none other than Lord Xenu? Filled with the souls, the, the ravaged souls of the first inhabitants of the universe. Why? Hey, we're trying to get Tom Cruise on comms here. He keeps circling this volcano. Yeah. And it's not part of the movie, Tom. Why is he circling the tor or the volcano? But anyway, yes, yeah, so the triangles and the orb, those are just two examples of the more than 400 UAP reports from members of the military with 
So many new reports coming in that Scott Bray, the deputy director of Navy intelligence, says that military pilots now have the ability to report UFOs from within their cockpit and that the effort to understand UFOs is an all-government endeavor. So uh, here's from the hearing, quote, We have subject matter experts across government, including physics, optics, metallurgy, meteorology, just to name a few, Bray said. We've endeavored to bring an all-hands-on-deck approach to understand this phenomena. The Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald S. Moultrie, added, We know that our service members have encountered unidentified aerial phenomena. We are committed to an effort to determine their origins. And it's not just military, too. Like, mm, I find it harder to uh, sell myself on the videos that come out of social media, but there, there has been a noted increase in unidentified flying objects being filmed uh, around the world. So... Uh, Oh, because everyone has phones and shit now. Yeah, but a lot of them, you just look at it and you're like, okay, that could be a drone at some distance, and it's a light on the drone moving like that. It, yeah. It's it's a lot harder to, to believe this when drones exist. Like, the light shows that drones do, like for the Olympics and stuff, it's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. I did, I, I think I've told this before, but uh, I was at a I was at a bar about a year ago, and there was, a, there was like the post... It was the post-wedding party for... A bunch of Navy dudes, uh, one of them got married. They were like, you know, in walks like 20 Navy guys in their whites mm -hmm. with their chicks. And uh, so I started talking to some of them, picking their brains and shit, because like apparently they were all F-22 pilots as well. I was like, cool. I hope no one knows. I hope China doesn't know that you're all here because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this seems you got to have some redundancies. But I, I did ask them, I was like, so have you ever like seen any of that shit? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, no, we've all seen it. Yeah, and I was like, I, I you, believe it. And, uh, and then, like most of them, they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's aliens. It might be some of our stuff. It might be some of China stuff. But it's there's we see shit all the time up there. I do like one of the initial things was like it could be China or Russia, and like Russia's war with Ukraine has pretty much proven that they do not have uh, uh, the, the yeah. technological capabilities <laughs> to develop <laughs> what people are describing. They really uh, demystified <laughs> their military might. They kind of laid out all their cards on the table. Mm, yeah. Um, but with those with those pilots, did they get on a piano and play? Great balls of fire? Or? Uh, they might have after I left, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Sing some Righteous Brothers. Yeah. You've lost that love and feeling. Yeah, Top Gun comes out next week and apparently has great reviews. Uh, I'm so excited for military propaganda to be beamed into my eyes. And yeah. I love every second of it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, one of the bigger goals in these investigations seems to be removing the stigma of reporting such sightings from members of the military. They're like, well, I don't want to look like a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> according to those intelligence officials, even the pilots who recorded freaking out audibly about the UFO from the footage released by Tom DeLonge were apparently reluctant to discuss it because they didn't want to look like weirdos. I mean, they do have to, like, pass psych evals to, like, keep their jobs. Tell me again so what the is, alien said to Yeah. <laughs> so it's understandable. Uh, from the Washington Post coverage of this hearing, the highly trained pilots who witnessed the object, which Bray said remains unexplained, have said publicly that they were baffled and reluctant to discuss their experience, owing to a persistent culture of stigmatizing aviators who report UFOs. Bray and Moultrie said the military wants to change that culture. In recent years, personnel have been encouraged to report sightings, and the military now has a standardized system to track and analyze information. Quote, the message is clear. If you see something, you need to report it, Bray said. But if one of you sees things a lot more than the rest of them, maybe we take those wings away. That plane did cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, one of the other big revelations from this hearing is that, according to their reports, pilots have had 
11 near misses with UFOs. Yeah. Woo! So with Bray adding, uh, quote, the military has never attempted to communicate with the objects or fired on them. Well, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank fucking good. God. That is a great thing. I'm excited that they didn't fire on these objects. It's like running into a mountain lion on a hike. Just don't engage. There's, yeah, but then the story goes, oh, the UFO was so big, we had to shoot it down. And then it turns out that it was just a baby UFO. Yeah. And, and, a and the, baby... mother, the mother UFO is like, where's my little baby? And the baby alien's dead. Yeah. That's Just like the start, guy fighting the cougar. That's how you start intergalactic war. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's good. <laughs> we didn't start a conflict doesn't with the seem, aliens yet. Doesn't seem like a fight we could win. Mm -hmm. And as far as physical evidence that would point to any extraterrestrial origins, they indicated that the Department of Defense has, in fact, collected, quote, tangible objects in the course of its investigations, but they don't have any wreckage that isn't explainable, that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin. It was a balloon. But for anyone who wants some more tantalizing, mysterious morsels to allow your imagination to run wild, when the discussion finally moved to a theory that has been gaining a lot of steam in recent years, a phenomenon that may or may not launch or originate from our planet's vast oceans, one of the defense officials quickly interjected and said the question would need to be addressed in a classified setting and not the open <laughs> hearing. Because, yeah, that is another one, like, a lot of these sightings happen over the ocean. Yeah. And uh, they say they see these objects sort of, like, come Go out. or come up. Yeah. yeah. Which... We know less about the deep ocean than we do about, like, our solar system. There could be something down there. We need to get James Cameron on the case. Yeah, the one man willing to go down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench by himself in a submarine. Uh, you know, that's design. why he started doing the Avatar movies again, because he needed more funding for his other pet projects. Yeah. Like going to the Mariana Trench. Yeah, Avatar, that's just for the bills. Exactly. That that's the real government propaganda. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, we're we're kind of reading between the lines here. We understand that our oceans are nothing more than an alien parking lot. That's it's true. So Where they, they stage. Yeah. Yes. Uh, good to know. Uh, so the only other thing of note from the hearing that could spark your imagination would be that, according to the officials, other countries are sharing their UFO sightings and data with the United States. Good. Which would seem to indicate an international concerted effort into uh, looking into all this. Yeah. So there you go. Enough to run on, yet still... Not enough to have fun with. Yeah. No uh, walking, talking aliens or probing aliens. Um, but a lot of shit keeps happening that is completely unexplainable. Especially to the top military minds, which you would assume that they'd be able to look at something and be like, oh, well, that's this thing we're testing. Or something. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So the mystery remains. do 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 but, well, yeah, yeah, let's, let's switch, switch gears. Uh, gears now. Moving on. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the uh, identifiable weirdos that inhabit our own Earth. Starting with Jordan Peterson. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the right-wing intellectual who spends all of his time pied-pipering a bunch of vulnerable online men into becoming insufferable now start, assholes. Now start crying. Start crying uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, does, he does do that. He's like the pied-piper for uh, he, angry men online. He's like... Clearly, mentally ill. Like I'm sorry. Like this, you watch. I don't know how anyone can watch this man speak at length and walk away being like, "That guy's really smart." I'm gonna like make a big part of my personality uh, listening to what that guy has to say. Well, it's funny. And in the case we're about to talk to, he constantly, inadvertently bashes his own followers. Yeah. <laughs> For this goes back a long time. He he constantly does this. He's rake stepping all the time. But this one in particular seemed to really set people he's off. He's very popular among like 
a certain sect of yeah. men online. Incels. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson completed the Twitter speed run at a record-setting pace it's on Meltdown Monday. May, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after dishing out a, a very spicy take regarding this year's Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model, um, and then getting justifiably roasted in his replies, and then complaining that he's being bullied. I'm being censored. And, and then announcing <laughs> that he's quitting the platform entirely. And then continuing to post. You love to see it. He hit every single note that was possible in a, just a few hours. Like, I'm not going to pretend this guy, you know, he, he, you have to be a smart person to reach the sort of levels of the career levels he's at. Yeah, but, he's, got, he's got lots of uh, but accreditation. You can also be a total fucking weirdo. And I just love how Twitter, you know, Twitter doesn't care how highly educated you are, how successful you are. It you know, a certain percentage of people are going to have their lives kind of ruined by uh, getting addicted to posting. Yes, and this is one of those cases. Like, it happened, the biggest example would be Graham Linehan, the, the guy who created, like, the IT crowd, Father Ted, like, hmm. hugely successful UK TV writer, uh, got really into being transphobic and just, like, he, he's banned from Twitter now. Like, he, he has no fucking career left. Same like, with, what are same you doing? With, same with Bean Dad. You're Making successful. a simple joke go, about his child. Go touch gets, grass, Graham. Yeah, Twitter is a, it's a cesspool. Anyways, um, let's just start at the beginning of this saga, which basically consists of the tweet equivalent of just wearing a shirt that says no fat shit. <laughs> That's literally all it is. <laughs> yes. It's uh, the Al Bundyfication of Jordan, Twitter. Jordan Peterson is Al Bundy with a PhD <laughs> and a very weird voice. Yeah. So, okay, Sports Illustrated, you know, they, they recently revealed the cover of their annual swimsuit edition. It, you know, they've been doing this forever. You know, 11 months out of the year, Talk about sports, guy stuff. Mm -hmm. But one month out of the year, we chicks. They, they, they sneak it in to be like, "This is a swimsuit edition." Uh, you know, for, you know, so everyone can get ready for the summer. Yeah. But it's really for their their male subscribers to be like, it, "It's a it's a way back in the '90s. It was a way so to yeah, be like before internet porn. Yeah. Like when your <laughs> options when in. your options for like rubbing one out were pretty much limited by." what you could purchase at the newsstand without feeling too much shame. Exactly. Uh, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition was... Uh, oh, sorry, honey. Pretty... I'm a subscriber. That came with the subscription. Yeah. I, what do you want me to do? Call them and tell them not to send the monthly edition? Obviously, things have changed a lot in the past, <laughs> yes. like, two decades. So now it's like, you know, it's not just for the guys. It's for the gals. And it's not just about, like, making the people looking at it horny. Uh Yes. Anyway, it's, it's more inclusive. So anyway, a uh, 25-year-old model, Yumi Nu, has graced uh, the cover. Or rather, just one of them. I think there was like four different covers. Elon Musk's mom yeah. was one of the cover models. Yeah, so but like, apparently Jordan Peterson had no problem with that. So clearly they're going for... Oh, it looks quite nice. They're going for something that a lot of women's uh, brands have done in recent years, which yes. is like showing off more realistic bodies, not, uh, you know, not bodies that have uh, high standards. Uh, Grandmas need love, too. And uh, so, yeah, Yumi has, you know, a pretty normal, common body type. And it's not all that shocking to see that Sports Illustrated would feature someone with, uh, I guess, an average body type when the, the goal of the issue is to market swimsuits to people. Like, sure. that's literally what it is. The fucking apparel companies pay to have their swimsuits featured in the magazine. Mm -hmm. And you make more money if you market swimsuits that the average woman can actually wear. Anyway, it, goes, it also goes without saying that, you know, beauty is entirely subjective. Nevertheless, the simple existence of this Swimsuit Edition's cover prompted a response from Dr. Jordan Peterson, a response that 
uh, no one fucking asked for. Mm-hmm. It's really not in like his his realm to even <laughs> need to comment on these things. Yeah. Although he's he's made a whole career about like getting so upset about shit like Frozen that he burst into tears. He cries a lot. Yeah. Anyway, here's the, the response. Uh, he quote tweeted the image of the magazine cover and added this. Sorry, not beautiful. And no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. So what the fuck do you mean by authoritarian tolerance? I mean, I think I kind of like, I get what he's saying, even though it's it's nonsense. It's, basically, it's nonsense. It's like almost an oxymoron, but I I get like, what he was going yeah, for. Like, and it, it's it's a thing that sounds smart uh, that you can use in like an argument to be like, yeah, it's like to a, use big words, you know, like, you know, 10 years from now, the government's going to go around. And it's like, does this does this plus size woman give you an erection? And, and if then, you aren't rock you, hard. Yeah, they're going to take you straight off the to jail. the gulag. Anyway, and since when is this a guy, this guy who looks like this? A, guy, a man who also, uh, a big, uh, one of his rules for life is clean your room. And he is uh, a me- very messy person. Regularly featured uh, on webcam, j- just in a fucking pigsty. He seems to not follow a lot of his own rules because he specifically talks about how social media yeah. uh, is like a cesspool that you shouldn't use. And all, like, anyways. So when did this guy become the judge of physical beauty? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Look, I don't want to get into like schoolyard takes here, but you kind of fucking started it. And that's how, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. You didn't have to say anything. So yeah, pretty baffling take. One for the record books, I guess. And one that even had his followers confused and, and, and upset in some cases. Because, you know, it's like, wait, if he thinks that is hideous. Uh, my wife, my wife. That, that's what basically the response yeah. was. People were just like, my girlfriend or my wife are like, I'm attracted to this. But doing it in such a cucked way, like, sir, please, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm such a big fan, sir. Yeah, uh, here's some so, responses. Yeah. yeah, Sheesh, big fan here. I find my girlfriend with a body type like this quite beautiful. Dial it back a bit, homie. <laughs> and uh, I'm a fan of a lot of your work, but this ain't it, Dr. Peterson. You surely recognize that different people have different standards of beauty. I don't know what authoritarianism has to do with any of it, but this feels like you're trying to be insulting for no discernible reason. Yeah, he's uh, literally just no fat chicks. <laughs> that's that's no what it fat is. chicks in my Sports Illustrated. Yes, uh, it also resulted in a, a day of fun for anyone who loves to see others dunking on Jordan Peterson because it was an onslaught. Including here's this tweet from Felix of Chapo Trap House, uh, which read. I'm mostly sick of seeing Jordan Peterson stuff, but the post everyone is talking about today is funny because it seems like he tried jacking off to the cover photo and failed and tried to make it a political issue. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way. Yeah. And that's the thing. His post, it was literally just an insult. He needlessly shoved politics into it for no reason other than to, I guess, stoke the flames of Twitter and stay on... This will get a good response. Yeah, stay on brand for himself. Yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't political. It was just an insult. Yeah, like he's, you know, he's one of those guys, like, he's a very interesting character. Like, you know, a lot of his stuff's self-help. A lot of his stuff is, like, some really fucking weird, like, old-school philosophy, uh, like, Jungian philosophy. And then, uh, but all of that on top, built on all top of that is just being, like, kind of a right-wing, like, commentator on shit, like, culture war shit. So anyway, when he starts getting attacked uh, in responses to his post, it then becomes pretty hard to feel bad about uh, the abuse that he's receiving because despite his claims that social media is a toxic hellhole, and look, he's not wrong, but he literally unprompted got on Twitter and made fun of someone for how they look. It could ironic. So, yeah, it wasn't long before Peterson got defensive and, uh, and then uh, gave up yeah. or seemed to give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, first tweeting, 
The endless flood of vicious insult is really not something that can be experienced anywhere else. I like to follow the people I know, but I think the incentive structure of the platform makes it intrinsically and dangerously insane. You literally started this whole thing by insulting someone for no reason. Wild. Uh, anyways, the next step was quitting the platform. Yeah. So I told my staff to change my password to keep me from temptations and am departing once again. If I have something to say, I'll write an article or make a video. If the issue is not important enough to justify that, then perhaps it would be best to just let it go. Yes! It I, would I be. agree with that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and wouldn't you know it, uh, after, you know, oh, Jordan Peterson left Twitter. No, he fucking didn't because he's still posting and has posted, retweeted, or quote tweeted dozens of times since quitting Twitter. He quit Twitter and posted like 30 times the next 12 yeah, hours. Yeah, and like it's certainly possible that someone's tweeting for him. So maybe it's technically true, but it's still funny. And also, if you go through, it's like direct responses that are seemingly. If someone's doing it for him, he's just standing behind them going, hey, treat this, please. Yeah, he quit Twitter and like he went into the, the next room and his assistant is in there being like, reading him all his tweets and he's shouting back the responses. Yes. That way he's not breaking his rule. Mm -hmm. He's not personally on he, Twitter. He switched accounts over to his Pornaruni account. Yeah. All right, I'm going to come if it's the last thing I do. So there yeah, you go. Pretty incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of uh, weirdos, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are still going at it in court. And we haven't covered too much of this trial. First of all, it's far from over. And a lot of the accusations and testimony in this trial, they're about very, it's about very serious stuff with serious implications for both sides. And we've said previously, it is clear that this was an extremely toxic relationship for both of them. But as more and more info is revealed about Amber Heard, it's becoming obvious that there's, at the very least, a track record of lying, potential physical abuse, and manipulation coming from her. Plus, she might have pooped the bed, which uh, Johnny Depp, uh, refers to as dropping a grumpy for some reason, which is uh, something I have never heard Poop referred to as. She uh, dropped a grumpy. She dropped a grumpy. Anyways, this week was the start of cross-examination for Amber Heard, and one of the big sticking points that Depp's lawyer successfully latched onto was the charitable donations from Depp's divorce settlement with Amber Heard. So there's a lot of details about the arrangements of the distribution of charitable funds because of their divorce, but the quick and simple explanation is that Amber pledged her divorce settlement of $7 million to be split between the ACLU and a local children's hospital. Oh, that's nice. So Depp disseminated funds directly to the charities. Uh, Amber demanded that the funds be sent to her for distribution, and apparently she just never distributed them. Mm -hmm. uh, Depp's lawyer basically got her to admit that she hadn't sent her settlement to the charities despite A, pledging make the donation and B saying in public interviews after the divorce that she'd already donated her settlement to the charities. The baffling excuse that she gives is essentially that she did give to the charities because she pledged it. Yeah. These are IOUs. They're as good as cash. <laughs> uh, I, I pledged the money. Don't you understand? I've donated the money, but, but by donating, I mean, I pledged it. So it's as good as doing it. Just like we pledged all that money you guys gave us last week. Uh, it, the checks in the mail. No, we, we we brought we bought two Kia Souls to drive around. <laughs> YouTube sends we that directly to charity, yeah, by do, the way. Yeah, We're, we do not handle any of the funds. No. Anyway, we're impressed on the difference between pledging and donating. Heard indicated that the words are synonymous in her mind. Okay. That's not true <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, but that, no, she hadn't actually given the money to charity. Oops. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we do have more news for you in just a second. Uh, but first, let's uh, talk about today's sponsor, Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you just washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, Blech. or not washing your face at all, I see you. 
then it's time to level up that skincare game. I see you and I see myself in my reflection on your I see my younger face. self and I'm saying, please, <laughs> please do better. Uh, because as it turns out, that regular body wash that you've been using that you thought was good enough, it's actually probably damaging your skin. But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three in one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, and more. All you got to do is take a little two minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs. All of Lumen's products come with instructions, so it's extremely easy and will help protect your skin from potential damage or future acne. And uh, yeah, I mean, especially especially when you're getting uh, getting a little older. Uh, and when you laugh as much as we do. Yeah, those laugh lines, every laugh is another line. Mm -hmm. uh, you gotta take care of yourselves, uh, you know. when Think about when you're 50, 60 years old, do you wanna, do you wanna look fresh or do you wanna look busted? Mm -hmm. And they make it easy. It's like a little like three-step, four-step program. They put everything in order for you. There so you level go. up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash ITDaily to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That is L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash ITDaily to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash ITDaily. All right, let's get back into the news now with some updates on stories that we've been covering uh, recently, starting with uh, that, remember that absurd harassment campaign that was launched by eBay executives against a newsletter that, that was, was critical of the company? Yeah, that, that was wild. We covered that like two years ago. Yeah. And it was like, this is very petty. Why do you care? So yeah, in case you missed that story uh, when we covered it in 2020, quick refresher, an e-commerce newsletter that was published by a married couple became the target of harassment and intimidation by former eBay employees and executives, uh, sp specifically, there was one named James Baugh, who was at the time eBay's director of safety and security. Uh, so he made it personal. Uh, the newsletter, among other topics, uh, was at times critical of eBay. And apparently this was a big enough problem that these employees and contractors coordinated a very strange, very fucked up style of harassment against the couple. Uh, here's some details from back then, thanks to a write-up in Wired. The result, as alleged in the complaint, was a systematic campaign fueled by the resources of a Fortune 500 company to emotionally and psychologically terrorize this middle-aged couple in Natick with the goal of deterring them from writing bad things online about eBay, U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling said in a press conference Monday morning. The complaint lays out a hellish timeline. On August 12th, another Amazon delivery, a copy of the book Grief Diaries, Surviving the Loss of a Spouse. The next day, a voicemail for the second victim following up on a fabricated inquiry to open an Adam and Eve sex toy franchise. The next, a package of fly larvae and live spiders, another containing live cockroaches. On August 15th, two of the couple's neighbors received copies of Hustler Barely Legal in the husband's name. Jeez. That same day, a local florist delivered a funeral wreath to the couple's home. The Tui underscore Eli account sent harassing messages messages throughout. Yeah, so they were they were they, they were made like a, a dummy account and were harassing them and telling them that all this bad shit was going to happen. And yeah, then was were intimidating them by sending them these items. Yeah, they thought they just had some random weird stalker person online. Like, no way, this is literally eBay, yeah. the company, driving out to our little fucking town in like Cape Cod or whatever, harassing <laughs> yeah. us. But. Uh, this is go. totally like something uh, the head of security in Silicon Valley would do. Like, just yes, Gavin Belson's just like, I hate this blog. And he's like, Mr. Belson, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, but then it would be like outrageously comical in yeah, that show, and it'd be like, no, this is actually real life. Yeah, they're just harassing these people. And well, cut forward two years, and uh, the final executive involved in the harassment campaign has uh, pled guilty, 
And this case is now seemingly closed because everyone else involved uh, up until this point has, over the course of the last two years, pled guilty. I believe guilty the, the former CEO was pretty heavily implicated in this, like, and he has managed to keep his hands clean, but like, he almost certainly knew about this and authorized it. Yeah, uh, here's The Verge uh, with more on the update. Harville pleaded guilty to five felony counts during a video call with a Boston federal court judge on Thursday. According to the original filing, Harville allegedly took a flight from California to Boston with the intent of driving to the Steiners' home, breaking into their garage, and attaching a GPS tracking device to their vehicle. Harville wasn't the only higher-up involved either. Pop served as eBay's former senior manager of global intelligence. Gilbert was the ex-senior manager of special operations. Bao worked as eBay's senior director of safety and security. And Stockwell was a former manager for the company's global intelligence center. This is literally like the company's top yeah. security minds. They're, it's their expendables. Like, and accounting had to have like looked over these receipts. This is Amazon receipt for fucking cockroaches. Yeah. You guys flew to Boston for what? There's another show, uh, the show Devs, this Alex Garland show, uh, mm. more serious. But uh, it, they're the head of security at that tech company. Like, does, it, like literally, like kills people. Like, is like basically, and he's like former CIA and shit. And you're watching, you're like, this is a bit much. But then you hear about something like this, and it's like, okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it. I mean, if you're like retired, uh, spec ops military, like. Yeah, a guy like Jeff Bezos or whatever probably wants someone like you around. I'm sure the CEO is just like, yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, just are, do are you it. Sure? <laughs> yes, whatever it takes. Because <laughs> yeah. like you can imagine this escalating. Yeah. This was like the petty shit they were doing. Anyway, in another update to a recent story, um, it's official. Russians can wave bye-bye to McDonald's for good. They're not loving it. No. At the start of Russia's uh, war in Ukraine, there were calls for any businesses that were still operating within Russia to immediately halt operations, and McDonald's was one of the biggest, with over 800 stores in the region. We mentioned it before, but McDonald's opening there, it was a massive cultural event uh, when the, you know, the Iron Curtain fell. Mm -hmm. It resulted in hours-long lines when the first restaurant opened its doors in Moscow in the early 90s. The Iron Curtain fell and the Golden Arches were erected. Yeah, and uh, was, there's the footage of the time is these people that waited all day in line they're like yeah it was fine it's fine <laughs> i don't know kind of underwhelming Cla it's a classic hype building yeah it's like uh, getting to the supreme store and buying a 80 dollars shirt and like well i mean yeah it's a t-shirt it's cool though right because other people want it so now the exit from russia is no longer temporary the company has announced it will leave the country for good here's cbs news with more McDonald's said Monday that it started the process of selling its Russian business, which includes 850 restaurants that employ 62,000 people, making it the latest major Western corporation to exit Russia since it invaded Ukraine in February. The fast food giant pointed to the humanitarian crisis caused by the war, saying holding on to its business in Russia is no longer tenable, nor is it consistent with McDonald's values. <laughs> okay. Uh, as it tries to sell its restaurants, McDonald's said it plans to start removing golden arches and other symbols and signs with the company's name. It said it will keep its trademarks in Russia. Just, uh, you know, the like the graveyard, the statue graveyards in the former Soviet countries where it's like they put all the statues of Stalin and stuff and they're yeah. just overgrown with moss. It's the golden arches graveyard. <laughs> Billions served. <laughs> or they just like bend it into a hammer and sickle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, now I'm wondering if they're going to go forward with their plan to uh, replace every McDonald's location with, uh, what was it, Uncle Vanya's? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should. It's like when uh, Chuck E. Cheese did uh, Pasquale's. Pasquale's. <laughs> not Chuck E. Cheese. This is not Chuck E. Cheese. Hey, you want pizza. <laughs> pizza with Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. 
yeah, we have a rat infestation, but he's <laughs> lovable. He gets into hijinks. He'll hug the kids. Anyway, uh, now let's do a fun one. So yeah. a water tower in the town of Kingsland, Arkansas, the town where music legend Johnny Cash was born, has been vandalized in the most hilarious way possible. So you see, this town celebrates the fact that Johnny Cash was born there, and they, they love him so much, they put a silhouette of the man in black right there on their city's water tower, mm -hmm. looking down on them at all times. Yes. Uh, but recently, someone shot a hole in that water tower. Very accurate hole. Yeah, uh, pinpoint accuracy. And yeah, it turns out, it just so happens that the bullet went right into the location of the silhouette's groin area, mm -hmm. uh, causing water to spring out from the hole, which of course makes it look like Johnny Cash himself is just pissing all over the town, like a, uh, just a huge arc. It's very funny looking. A huge arc of continuous piss coming from the man in black. Mm -hmm. I'll see my piss a-coming. It's coming out real wet. <laughs> Uh, and uh, here's more from a local outlet. Betty Graham, water office manager, told the Herald it could take as long as a week to fix the damage. She saw the leak when she went into the office early that morning, but assumed it was routine overflow until sunrise when the cold light of day revealed the work of a crude vandal, the Herald reported. Kingsland spent almost $300,000 last year improving the water tower. Someone here knows who did this, a comment read. I hope they'll come forward and turn the vandal in. This is just terrible. If they find out who it was, they need to give them the max punishment. This is people's livelihood, their water source, said another. While not condoning vandalism, some felt the perpetrator displayed a certain degree of panache. Shouldn't have done it, but as far as creativity goes, it's first class. You know who they need to call? The flex tape guy. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> just get him up there on a scissor lift. Yeah. Bam! And then he drives away in a boat that he made out of glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Can flex tape fix Kingsland, Arkansas's water tower? Bam! $300,000, I'll do it for $20. And you'll get flex seal with it, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And here's a great note to end things on, guys. Guys, Madison Cawthorn is officially done. He's out of there. Mm -hmm. He has been unseated. He has lost his re-election bid. Unseated. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he'll, uh, he'll always be seated. But he has lost his re-election bid in North Carolina, and we'll have to... Uh, Slowly wheel down to the unemployment office real soon. No, he'll be fine. I'm probably he wheels very fast. Him. Didn't you see him on January 6th? Yeah, he's uh, this man is a, a Paralympian. No, he tried to, and then other Paralympians... He said were, he was a Paralympian. That was like, another funny lie. Like, no, he wasn't at any of the events. We don't remember Actual him. Paralympians were like, we've never heard of this yeah. person. It takes years of commitment to be involved in the Paralympics. I'm, I'm going to miss his lies. The man could lie... Don't say that, because he, he'll continue on his own, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here. But anyway, here's uh, the New York Times more. Chuck Edwards, a three-term state senator and business owner, has edged out Representative Madison Cawthorn in the Republican primary for a House seat representing North Carolina's 11th district. Luke Ball, a representative for Mr. Cawthorn, said late Tuesday that the congressman had called Mr. Edwards to concede. The outcome served as a rebuke of Mr. Cawthorn, a right-wing firebrand and the youngest freshman in Congress who was once seen as a rising star of the Republican Party. Oh, man. And uh, he, I feel mean, real bad for his cousin who's going to have to take all the, the abuse tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get his they're, face fucked. They're going to have some, uh, yeah, real angry sex. Uh-huh. But um, look. But it's like, yeah, he's gone. I don't know anything about the guy replacing him, but I'm sure he has just as evil uh, views on everything. He's just you quiet know, about it. Quiet and polite about it, mm -hmm. which um, even a lot of. A lot of Democrats, it's enough to fool them. They're like, oh, Mitt Romney, that's one of the good ones. I'm like, have you ever actually looked at what this guy believes in? It's, there's some 
pretty bad shit there, but hey, he, he acts polite. So. But again, this is another demonstration of the GOP being able to literally flush yeah. uh, people they don't like immediately in their own party. The cocaine orgies are real. Yes. Double confirmed. <laughs> and I hope that this whistleblower, Mr. Cawthorn, now that he has nothing left to lose, now that the chains have been broken, uh, I hope he now feels feels uh, you know that he can speak further on what he saw and who he saw doing what. Yeah. Please. And when. Please. Yes. Uh, anyways, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back with uh, tech news coming up in the next couple, uh, next day or two. In the meantime, though, we have two new episodes for you to watch over here. We have a new episode of Weekly Weird News and a recent episode of News Dump. Please check both of those out, and uh, we'll be back soon. Make sure to subscribe, join, like, do all that kind of stuff. And, uh, well, that's it. Do all that. Bye. Bye.